Hello to everyone. May God bless you and receive a big hug in the Lord. And how wonderful are wonderful he is, how merciful he is. And today, today we congregate using this technology to learn each day more and more of this gospel, of this doctrine that and as much as you and each and every one of us put it into practice, then we will be delivered. And when there is deliverance, there's joy. When there's joy, there's peace. And when there's joy and peace, there's happiness. Blessed be our God. I invite you to take a seat so that with all due reverence, we may dedicate these minutes to our God. And before we begin with the sermon, I want to share two testimonies that I found about uh, today. I heard today one of them has to do with a, a sister in Bolivia. A sister from Bolivia, uh, his son, seven years old, became ill from a, uh, it was a very uh, severe cold. He didn't know if it was COVID or, or a cold, but because of all the situations that people go through in Bolivia as what's going on worldwide, she was trying to avoid having to take her child to the doctor. So she began to use uh, warm water, kind of like uh, having the child inhale the, that vapor to see if his lungs would would start feeling better because the cold was pretty bad. And she got distracted and his this child placed his foot in this burning hot water. So then she definitely had to run to the hospital with her child. And, and she said, what I didn't want and now... I'm having to go there. So she arrived to the hospital and she prayed and she asked God to protect her and to protect her child from this evil that is going around this worldwide called COVID. So the child was there and, and she was there with her child protecting him. But what did she do? In the midst of her anguish, there was a, a live stream, the ones that are shown every Sunday with our sister Mary Luisa when she gives these beautiful sermons, the sermons she has been given us. And she was there listening to it with her child. So the doctors took care of them. She was paying attention the whole time. And she said, they, they were telling her that, that it was a very severe burn. His skin was actually falling off. But... She would say to the doctors, well, I have a living God, a God who manifests himself. And I'm going to pay close attention because our leader, our worldwide leader is going to speak today, our sister Mary Luisa, and know that she is a woman of God. And I'm going to pay attention to her. And the doctor said, okay, well, go over there to the side and, and you go over there with your belief. And, and she said, well, yes, of course. So she remained the whole time in the doctors who placed some bandages on, on the foot while our sister was praying. And when our sister prayed at the end, she said that she also prayed so that God would work in her child. And the greatest surprise is when the doctors begin to say, oh, a miracle, a miracle. This child, his skin has regenerated in an incredible way. This is a miracle. And we give the glory and the honor to God. Likewise, in uh, Risaralda, a department in Colombia, a young couple in a city called Dos Quebradas went to church. 
The churches began to open recently in Colombia. And the pastor went to them and looked at them. They looked so renewed. And they said, well, oh, they looked like they were new. Uh, first time guests. He said, have you been here before? He said, no, this is our first time at a church. And the pastor told him, well, you know what? For forgive me. How did you find out about the church? And the young man said, oh, what happens is at my age, I was out in the world. I was, I would be out getting drunk and, and fornicating with, with women uh, to with one person and the next one. But one day I felt very alone, very empty. And I don't know why, but I begin to think in God. And he said that in that moment, he fell asleep and he had a dream with a woman. And this woman told him, I invite you to go to this webpage, www.idmji.org forward slash en, and just pay close attention because you learn to to know God there, and, and that's what you need. So he said that he woke up, and sure enough, he did that. And that happened last year during the pandemic. And he said that he began to watch the sermons, to listen to the reflections, to read the Bible, and he began to fall in love with God. And the greatest joy was that he said, and he shared this with that pastor. He said, you know who invited me to this church? It was God using our sister Maria Luisa. So how could I not come to this place knowing that it's open now? And that's why he walked joyfully to praise and glorify and give the glory and the honor to this God who lives. Blessed is our God. Let us stand. Let us all pay close attention to these words. I invite you so that with all due reverence, let us try to prepare this moment for God. It is important because God sees that, what you do, when you concentrate, when you devote these minutes to God, because that God is thinking about me. God says, oh, he wants to learn from me. And that's when that word of God flows in our minds, in our hearts, and he cleanses us because that is what the word of God teaches that is why today I invite you to open your Bibles in Ephesians chapter number 2. Today, the title of today's sermon is Five Possible Human Conditions in the Sight of God. In these five conditions, these five possible human conditions in the sight of God are based in the Bible. So we want you to know if you're watching us for the very first time or you're listening to us, listening to the sermon, we want you to know that we are Christians who put the Bible into practice. That the, the book that we recommend you to read is the Bible. If you want to know more of God, read the Bible. Pay close attention to the reflections, to the Bible studies. And you're going to learn to know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, our Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you're going to begin to feel something, something very beautiful within you. And you're going to feel like you're attracted to Him, just as God has attracted us to Him. He has captivated us, or He has made us fall in love with Him. He has allowed us so that the way we think, the way we live is different. And that is why I invite you 
to read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. It reads, And you, he, meaning God, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. Glory to the Lord. You may be seated. It states that God made us alive when we were dead in trespasses and sins. Meaning, the first condition before God is to be dead for Him. I think it's very easy to reach that conclusion because it states here that we were what? We were dead in trespasses and sins. What trespasses? What sins? Trespasses because we were not doing the will of God. We were giving free reign to our flesh, to our desires, to our lusts, to our pleasures. And that is why it states also in sins. Likewise, what is a sin? If you are new, if you're a newcomer, well, the definition of sin is to do the opposite of what God tells us. Where do we learn about sin? Well, read the Bible. There you're going to learn the statutes, decrees, and ordinances that God gives us. And He commands us to keep them, to fulfill them. Or He tells us, don't do this, or don't do that. But we, if we continue doing that, then we are sinning before God. So then it states here, it says that he made us alive when we were dead in trespasses and sins. How sad it is when we read in 1 Peter or in John, 1 John, in chapter 5, it says that the entire world is being ruled by the devil, by the wicked one, meaning the devil rules over the world. And if we look at the news and you look all around you, all the things that are happening, it's true that humanity is lost more and more with each passing day and those desires and those pleasures. And you, on a day such as today, you make time to listen to a sermon, to watch them on a Sunday or any day that you have that, that time, that willingness, and you say, but what is what is happening to this person? What is happening to him? What is happening to her? Are you crazy? Why do you do that? And that's because for the world, the things of God are craziness, are foolishness. And it states that the entire world is being ruled by the devil. But we must be different. You and I, God has called us. God has allowed us to know His gospel, to know His doctrine. He attracts us and He captivates us and made us, makes us fall in love in a way that sometimes we don't even realize it. But let's talk about those who are dead. So those who are dead, they walk in their trespasses and sins. They don't care about pleasing God. They don't even want to know about their own exi about His existence. Most people don't, or some, but in their own way. And they think that God is very far away. Others think that there is such thing as reincarnation, and that may perhaps in that next life, maybe they'll seek Him. 
But you and I who have read the Bible, we know there's no such thing as reincarnation, that the only opportunity that you have to live in the sight of God, to please God, is now, at this very moment. May God give us that sanity, that good sense to love Him, to follow Him, to devote ourselves to Him. So then, human beings, they walk in their lust, in their sin, satisfying always their flesh, going over everyone else, not caring about their neighbor because first me, second me, and third me. But it turns out that when we get to know God, we learn that it's first God, second God, and third God. And then afterwards, God gives us something beautiful, which is that love towards our neighbor. To learn to love our neighbor, to help our neighbor. That's the second commandment, which is difficult for many. Because many come from being dead in those trespasses and sins. So, for example, they walk in darkness, they live in darkness, fornication, gossip, jealousies, hatred, dissensions, and many other things because that's what they see all around them and perhaps that is what the world presents to them but what happens from the very moment that a family member or a friend or like this young man that I Shared a testimony of that God gave him a dream and through a dream he was invited through our sister Maria Luisa to the webpage of our church. What happens from that moment? A change comes. Something must happen. It states in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It states, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such a beautiful phrase that we can use when we praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So then I share with you, that inasmuch as you and each and every one of us get to know the church and we get to know this true path, this path of salvation, we reach a heavenly place. Welcome to this first heaven. And for this to be a heaven, God must rule over it. God must dwell in it. And here in the church of the living God, God manifests himself. God speaks to us. He guides us through dreams, visions, prophecy. And He allows us to live these spiritual experiences which allow us to be captivated. We, he takes all of our attention and all we want to do is please Him. And I know that many of you have lived this. Isn't that so? I know it's true. I know that many answered Amen because that is the way in which God acts in each and every one of us. That is why when a person is dead, if we apply and we use one of those machines they use in the hospital, when they, they use to resurrect people, when they monitor people's hearts, when a heart is dead, it goes like this. It's a straight line, right? But from the very moment that we have this opportunity, 
to arrive to church, to come to church and receive spiritual gifts, the glorious gift of prophecy, meaning for God to speak to us. When God speaks to us, He tells us things from the past, from the present, from the future, and He fulfills them in order to make us fall in love with Him, to captivate us so that He can let us know, I am with you. And you are going to live with me, not just here, but eternally with me. And whenever we receive those spiritual experiences, or when we have dreams with this place, and we find this place, kind of like this young man, that he was just marveled when he found on the webpage the picture of the woman who appeared in the dream, our sister Mary Luisa. That creates such great impact in our lives. When we come and we can congregate in church, as churches have been little by little opening in South America and Central America, and little by little also in Europe and in Asia. So what, what did I uh, find out in, in Australia, in New Zealand, in, in, in Romania? All of these places of the church continues, and they have that blessing with that they can receive prophecy, laying on offense, and God begins to speak to them. And then something happens, which is the one who resurrects the Holy Spirit with His power. And God speaks to us. And in the moment, that's when our heart begins to beat once again. And you're being monitored by this, by this machine that monitors the heart. It starts going toot, toot, toot. It goes up and down. Because that's how the believers are. Those who see God. Sometimes they want to be you know, of God, but then sometimes they want to go back to being dead. Sometimes I care and I want to seek God and I want to read the Bible and I want to be an instrument of God. But then sometimes I get tired too. Once again, going back down. God wants us to continue in this path, this path which leads to eternal life. For us to continue going up, it is a path of faith, of believing but it is a path where you must show God that you have understood and that you're going to put his, this path into practice because you want to live eternally with him and go from this earthly heaven to that heaven of heavens, which is awaiting those who are winners, those who triumph. So what happens from the very moment when it states here, when, when we start receiving that great blessing in the heavenly places, when we begin to value the church, we say, oh, what a wonderful place this is. What a blessing this place is. The manifestation of that living God, that powerful God, that God who speaks, that God the Bible speaks of. And that is why many people are amazed whenever they come to this place and they say, this is what I have read about. This is what I was looking for. And they begin to feel that joy, the desire to congregate, to want to seek God. And then it states in verse 4, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, meaning God had already predestined us. It's not that, oh, you know, oh, I, I want to seek God. No, no, God has predestined everything. God places that thirst, that spiritual hunger for you to want to seek Him. And that's why God said it doesn't matter the place where you congregate or anywhere in the world that, that you live in. God is going to call you. God is going to captivate you. And win you over so you can seek Him. Blessed be our God. And the Bible states, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy 
and without blame before him. In love, so why does God take the time to open churches throughout the so many different countries? We have the congregations. Why does he call you? Why did he allow that family member or that friend or, or, or through that dream? Or maybe you were looking online for a place and, and you found that the YouTube channel of the church. Why did you find that? Why did someone speak of you of God? Because God had already had all of that destined for you. And that's what many people say, oh, I have already lived this. I already knew about this. I knew that one day this moment would come of finding God. And God says, I have brought you so that you can be holy. And be, being holy means that you are set aside for God. And that is what God wants to do with all of us. He wants to set us aside for Him. He wants to attract us, attract the stores, and so that you can continue being a doer of that Word of God. That you may become a true child of God so that each and every one of us may be a temple of that living God, that God may truly dwell in our minds, in our hearts, and we may be those instruments in the hands of God. And it states, and without blame before Him. And that is the purpose for you to come, devote yourself to Him, and begin to truly truly begin this race where in the end you will give you that title child of God or he's going to call you wife of the lamb he's going to call you his church he's going to call you his people he's going to call you my special treasure all of those titles are the ones God gives us because God wants you to feel very happy and accept that he's going he comforts us in a material aspect in a spiritual aspect in our love life because this god is good this god is generous this god is powerful this god allows everything to change in our lives all around us but only if you continue in this path which would lead you to eternal life that is the great reward of following god so what happens from the moment we get to know God? Those of you who are watching us, those of you who have been in the church for a while, let us go to the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 3, verse 15. The word of our Lord reads, I, says the Lord, I know your works. And that is what I want to make sure it's clear to all of you today. God has called us to be holy and without blemish before Him. Because God knows our works. Where can we flee from His presence? If I go to the highest mountain, to Mount Everest, He's there. If I go to the deepest part of the sea, God is there. If I am in Asia, in Europe, in America, in Australia... In any place, God is there. God is omnipotent, omniscient. And the Bible states, I know your works. Meaning that 
According to our works, He's going to grade us. So from the moment we know the church, three great possibilities come. The first one is to be dead, right? I don't know the church. I don't know God. I continue the way I used to live. And I don't care what happens to my soul. But then when we come and we get to know the church, what happens? It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, but then it states in verse 16. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So then we have those three conditions of being a cold believer, a lukewarm believer, or a hot believer. Which is the second, third, or fourth possibility. If we read in the Bible the third, fourth condition before God. What is that cold believer? Well, that's the believer that comes in, comes to church, and comes maybe once or twice or a month, and goes to the YouTube channel or to the webpage of the church, and, you know, listens and pays attention. He thinks everything's beautiful. But he doesn't want to change. He doesn't care about pleasing God. He continues living the same life he used to live. So then he continues to walk in those trespasses and sins. So when we're when we're dead, physically speaking, we become cold. And being cold, like frozen. Dead, dead. And that's kind of like that believer, for example, the believer comes, receives prophecy, and he begins, the heart begins to beat, right? Toot, toot, to resurrect. But since you don't care about pleasing God, then what happens if that heart stops beating? Then once again, it goes back to that, that solid line. And you die once again. And many die. Because in the end, they continue being cold before God. They say, many say, oh, what a beautiful place. Oh, yes, God is there. It is so wonderful to hear our sister Maria Luisa. Wow, what a prophecy that she has given us. Beautiful. But this is how I am. And I'm going to continue in my lust. Because this is how I was, since I was born, I'll continue being like this. Oh, reading the Bible, ah, that's for fanatics. Uh, going to a congregation and to praise, and that's, that's for a fanatic. That's not for me. Perhaps what I like are other things. Money to please my flesh and all different pleasures that the world offers. And he continues like that. That's where he's left. So he tends to be dead. But then we have the other... The other condition, which states in verse 16, when you're lukewarm. Who are the lukewarm believers? Those who have fallen in love with God, who begin to share with everyone that God lives, that God exists, that they found online or in the city or in the country that you live, that you found a church where God speaks you begin to share your this with your family members, your friends, your co-workers. You tell them what a blessing to know that God lives and that God exists. But then that's as far as you go. You change, yes. Yes, you change. Let's say you had 
a great number of trespasses and sins and as and as much as you get to know the things of God you begin to leave those sins behind to leave that old man behind but then what happens time passes by and there are still weaknesses there weaknesses in that body in that man or woman who thirsts for God who wants to seek God. So then the moment comes in which they speak of God just simply from the mouth, from their mouth. They read the Bible. They go to church. They praise God. They want to keep some of those commandments, decrees, statutes, or commandments that God has established. But there are some that He just cannot leave behind. And that's when God says, you have become lukewarm. That's when he tells them, that's when God tells them, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Why? Because you pretend to have the things of God. You speak of God, but your works are the same as those who are cold, who are dead. You're continuing in trespasses and sins, but you seek God, you congregate constantly, you speak to everyone about God, but inside of you, for example, you continue with envy, you continue getting drunk, you continue fornicating. Oh, but this is how I am, I can't change. Or I go and God has made me great promises. Yeah, but you forget that when God speaks to us, the helper, the comforter is speaking to us and what he does is comfort us. He motivates us. That is why he tells us, yes, you can do it. Keep going. I'm going to bless you. And that's why God gives us dreams because God also manifests himself through dreams. But with that commitment that you want to change, that you don't want to just simply pretend, but you truly want to be of God because many go and attend the congregation, the different churches, and they pretend to be holy. They pretend like, oh, it wasn't me. But then out there, they are of the world. They are completely different. Those are the lukewarm that I'm referring to. Those who imitate the entire world out there, the world who's being ruled by the devil. Here in the church, they pretend to be of God. And they speak of God. But their works, because look what the Bible states, I know your works, says God, and you are lukewarm. You're only doing things halfway with me. Therefore, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And that is why many who are lukewarm, as time passes by, what happens? They leave. I say, oh, no, God didn't fulfill his promises again. Oh, I don't feel that joy and peace anymore. Oh, I don't want, I don't want to be a fanatic. Oh, I, I wasn't able to change. Oh, oh, God makes me many promises, but I'm not able to attain those promises. But all of that is why. Because you're lukewarm. Because your commitment hasn't truly been with God. You haven't really converted to God. You have not truly said, God, here I am. I want to forget my past. I want to truly be yours. That's why I've changed the way I dress, I act, the way I speak, because you have captivated me. You've made me fall in love with you, but then many give up. 
They are not those soldiers, those courageous ones, which is what God expects from all of us, for us to be courageous in the Lord, for us to continue, because it's not easy. We will always have the enemy attacking us and attacking us, because that is the job of the devil to attack, to destroy, to destroy our spiritual life, our material life, our love life. And only with our true devotion to God, with that be, being constant, seeking God, wanting to please Him, then God will bless us. And that's why we have the other condition, the one who is hot. That is the ideal condition, the fourth one. Because remember, we can't be dead, nor cold, nor lukewarm. But take that step and truly be hot believers in the Lord, to truly be children of God, for the word of God to have benefited us, my soul, my being, in my life. And I desire to please God, and I desire to know more of God, and I desire to draw nearer to God, so that God may possess me, so that God may give me that clarity, that light, that with Him, I am going to obtain triumph and everything. That's why God becomes the God of hope. For those believers who are hot, that regardless of the difficulties and problems and tests, that whatever they may go through, they know that they are going to receive that blessing. They know that it is a constant fight. They know that what awaits us there is a great blessing from God, which is eternal life. And that is why you strive. And when you hear a sermon, it goes through this ear. It is that powerful word that an affect you because you're concentrated, because you are preparing your mind and your heart, those of you watching us, and that word goes through this process on, in that person's heart. And the person says, I, I acknowledge my weaknesses. Here I am, O oh Lord. I want to change. I want to truly be a son, a daughter of God. I want to please you. I want to be that hot believer. I want to be that believer that gives a good testimony. I want to be that believer that can speak of you to any person because I have learned, I have read the Bible, I have seen, I don't know how many sermons, how many reflections, how many Bible studies. And I know because of all the many testimonies that this is the church of God, that God manifests himself here. And that is why you defend the church. You defend our sister Maria Luisa. You defend our brothers and sisters because you love the things of God. You love the church. And when you are given the opportunity because of your good testimony, because of your good example, you have the opportunity to speak of God, you do it without being shy. And with that condition or with that conviction that God is behind you, that God is supporting those words. And that perhaps those people that you're speaking to of God, those friends or family members, they may say, oh, that is a, a man of God. That is a woman of God. I believe what they tell me. Yes, invite me to your church. I've seen your good testimony. I've seen that transformation, that life change. And that is why I want to go to that place. Because how can it be possible that you may have that difficulty, that problem, 
But then look at that peace. Look at that joy. Your eyes just shine. There's a light in your eyes because you have God in your, in your heart. Because those people who are hot, they convey, they transmit that peace and joy because they have learned to know God. Because they have joy. Because they have learned to know that there's hope in God and that all these tribulations and difficulties, God will take us out of them. God will prosper us. Blessed is the name of our God. But then we have the fifth condition that I hope no one ever reaches in the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 21, chapter 18, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 21. Ezekiel in the Old Testament, chapter 18, verse 21. The word of our Lord reads, But if a wicked man, that's that fifth possible human condition before God to be a wicked what is a wicked person for those of you who are are new a wicked person is a person who gets to know the things of God who have wanted to see God who have read the Bible but then afterwards they go against the things of God we have met many believers who walked with us but they were not of us They will speak great and amazing things of our church and our spiritual leader, of our sister Maria Luisa. But after some time, they begin to speak, speak ill and say, oh, God doesn't manifest himself there. And since they were always lukewarm, Who can truly become a wicked person? Well, those who are cold, especially those who are lukewarm. So lukewarm are those who pretended to be God. So they pretend to be prophets. They want to gather people and tell them, oh, but don't let your pastor find out. Oh, he envies me. Oh, Sister Mary Lisa, don't even tell her. Let, make sure she doesn't find out. So let's do this, you know, in secret. Oh, God has this and that for you. And you begin, and, he, and that person begins through speaking to their phone and deceiving people at home. It's better for you not to go back to that place. Because that's how the wicked person acts. And he begins to speak evil things. Ill. Let us, may God protect us from ever reaching that condition. But what happens with the wicked one? Let's read what it states here in Ezekiel 18:21. But a wicked man, but if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live, and he shall what? He shall not die. What does this mean? We have met wicked people who, in moments of sanity, because when That happens. Spirits come and they, they can't think straight. Sister Mary, our sister Mary Luisa clearly said last week that there are people who understand, clearly understand the things of God. But there are spirits who want you to stumble in this path. They want you to be foolish and not understand the things of God. They want you to become wicked. They want to get you out of the church. They want to separate you from this path. So be careful. 
And that's why they seek those who are weak, those who are cold or lukewarm, who are new, who don't know the things of God very well. So that's why be very careful, those of you who are newcomers, those of you who are learning to know God. And if anything, you have a question, you have the, the emails for the church or, or go to your pastors, ask them questions. But there have been some who say, oh, I, I acknowledge my mistake. Some people have even done it publicly. So God says, those type of believers or human beings who repent and they begin to keep the commandments, it keeps all my statutes, meaning you truly want to be a child of God. It's not, oh, I want to keep some, but not others. No, no, and you're going back to being lukewarm. What happens to the person who is lukewarm? You know, he's going to vomit you, right? So no, it states here, he keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right. He shall surely live, he shall not die. Because that wicked one is already dead for God. That wicked man. We have the person who is dead. We have the person who's cold, who's lukewarm. They will not attain eternal life. They will always be dead for God. But you and I, we have the opportunity to devote ourselves to God, to follow Him. And it states, if that wicked man repents, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Because God is merciful. He gives us opportunities. It also states in verse 22, None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be what? Remembered. Because how merciful is our God? How good is our God? It states, Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Why? Because he wanted to please God. He wanted to see God. But listen, this last verse, this is for all of us. Look at what it states here. Verse 24, but when a righteous man, meaning the person who was hot, who was striving year after year for years to please God, to be a child of God, to serve God, carrying that banner up high and truly feeling privileged because God called you, because God chose you, what could happen? to a righteous person, but when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, meaning he went back to living in sin, he turned back, he went back because of this pandemic, we have received letters, emails, the husband, the wife, the son, they don't want to read the Bible any longer, they don't want to attend church anymore, they don't want to watch the sermons anymore, they don't believe anymore. They allow themselves to be seduced, enticed by the world, and want to give free reign to their lust. So then it states here, and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does. Then you begin to speak hell once again, saying God doesn't exist. Oh yeah, he was there for a moment, but in the end, you realize God doesn't exist. That is not true that God manifests himself and that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the church of God. So then it states here, here's the question. Shall he live? Meaning, shall he attain eternal life? It states, no. Look at the answer. All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed because of them he shall want he shall die that's why those of you who are watching me and listening to me be very careful 
steadfast until the very end. Just as Apostle Paul said, I have won. I have won the great battle until the very last moment. I have sought out that righteousness. I have had the desire to please God. I have always wanted to feel like a child of God who does the word of God. And that is why I consider myself a believer who is hot, who strives in this path, which is beautiful, which is wonderful for those who are courageous because that is what God wants for his army, for his children to be courageous and for us to fight until the very last day of our lives and we may always have that good sense to love him to follow him because he lives because he exists in the great reward eternal life blessed is the name of our god let us stand up and let us sing a chorus chorus 118 why should i sin and afterwards we will pray to finish this teaching service Father, why should we sin if we have you? Why should we sin if you have been teaching us and in that Bible, in that extraordinary book inspired by you, you teach us so many statutes and decrees, so many ordinances in which we must delight ourselves doing your will lord that's why today in your infinite mercy i ask you that you may extend your healing hand work miracles all kinds of miracles you can do so yours is the power extend your powerful arm to everyone who is watching us or who is listening to us oh lord and work miracles, healings in their bodies. But also, O oh Lord, heal our soul, delivering us from all witchcraft, sorcery, spell. And allow us, O oh Lord, to understand, to have that good sense, to know that you exist, to live that all men behind. We were dead before, but we begin this path where we start as cold believers, then lukewarm, but the idea is to remain being hot, pleasing you. Always give us that good sense, O oh Lord. Allow us that sound mind, O oh Lord. Lord, those who don't have a job, open doors for them. Lord, those who do have a job, give them contentment. In their job, those who have their, their business, their company, prosper them, O oh Lord. Teach us all to be organized with whatever much or little money we receive to always give you the glory and the honor. Spiritually speaking, O oh Lord, continue awakening those spiritual gifts. Continue manifesting yourself with your power. Now that the churches are being opened little by little, next week even more churches are going to be opened worldwide, O oh Lord. Manifest yourself with that great power because you have given us that thirst. Lord, prepare all the pastors, all those helpers, so that they may give the best they have to offer, so that they may win over souls for you, Lord. Everyone who serves you with spiritual gifts, use them greatly, Lord. Lord Almighty, always give us that sound mind, that spiritual thirst and hunger to, to follow you, to seek you, to always desire to know more of your path and abide in them until the very last day of our lives so that the great reward, which is eternal life, we may all attain it, Lord. 
We ask for our sister Mary Louise, oh Lord, wherever she may be, protect her, keep her safe, give her many years of life, oh Lord, that next, this following Sunday and the one after that, she may continue to teach us in the wonderful way she teaches us as that great teacher, as that great apostle that we have in the midst of us, oh Lord. May you give her many years of life. May you continue to renew her year after year, day after day. And Lord, may she continue with that great leadership that you have given her. Lord, protect us all, bless us all. And we thank you, O Lord, for these moments that you have allowed us to enjoy. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. My brothers and sisters, with all love, a big hug in the Lord. May God bless you, and until the next time. May God bless you, brothers and sisters.